No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. I'm not a math whiz, but if you only play four minutes and the hockey game is 60 minutes long, carry the one, that's 56 minutes that you've elected not to play in the hockey game. It's not a recipe for success, as the Winnipeg Jets found out this evening. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about a score that flatters the Winnipeg Jets, a score that does not accurately reflect the game that you saw tonight, a score that for the average fan who may not have watched and looks at it and says, hey, that's a close game. Well, they would be mistaken. A score that is not symbolic of just how poor the Winnipeg Jets effort was tonight. Sabres three, Jets two, and the game was nowhere near that close. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Thursday evening, the Jets home from the road trip. They played eight of nine on the road. They come home today to face a Buffalo Sabres team that has been rolling as of late. We talked about that on Tuesday's postgame show. And the Jets were not up to the task. The Jets were not equal to their opponent. The Jets were not in this game whatsoever. The Jets were booed on home ice, deservingly so. 3-2 is the final. But this was way more one-sided than that, Mr. Ginsburg. Yeah, absolutely. What's up, boys? Hold on a second. I just got something here I want to get right off the bat. Hold on. little fireball. There you go. Attaboy. Let's pound that. We're going to do the Seagram shot of the game right now, boys. Yeah, well, we have to watch the game. So I think you you, you deserve a drink there in, in that case. <laughs> Hold on one sec. Yeah. Dave, you're muted. We can't hear what you're saying. Cheers. Lachaim, that was great. Yeah, this was a stinker. <laughs> oh, I love that fireball. It's just so delicious. And again. <laughs> I wasn't going to let you outdo me, Drew, with the fireball shot. So I needed a shot after that game. Wow, the Sabres were dominant. This Sabres team is good, guys. Like, really good. Like, how good... Did Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin both first overall picks look on the back end? Like, hold on a second. I just have to let that fireball kick in there, boys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're right, Drew. I mean, the first two periods were brutal. And the thing is, the first period was not good, largely controlled by the Sabres. Yeah. The Jets came out of that second period. And, you know, the first five or six minutes wasn't bad. And then the Sabres absolutely took over. Like, it was, it actually, you know, I was thinking, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. It was like Harlem Globetrotters on ice. Yeah. Like the way the Sabres were gaining the jet zone, and basically, like, the thing that stood out to me is just it was way too easy for the Sabre, Sabres to uh, generate speed through the neutral zone and just basically do whatever they wanted upon entry into the jet zone, right? Like, how many times did we see the Sabres, you know, control the play in the jet zone for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute? And obviously, you know, Tage Thompson, uh, Jeff Skinner, you know, these guys are incredible. Alex Tuck is the other guy on that top line. Like, this is one of the best lines in hockey right now. But, mm -hmm. you know, forget that for a second. Like, where was the Jets' pushback in this game? As you mentioned, Drew, it didn't happen until late in the third period when the goalie was pulled, right? So it's a really disappointing uh, game for the Jets in terms of you had a disappointing road trip. And what did we talk about was the most disappointing was the fact that you only scored one goal against the Leafs, only one goal against the Senators, you only scored one goal in your last game against Nashville, right? Yeah, one goal so, against the Canadians is what you meant, but I know what you're saying. Pardon me. Sorry, you're right. Sorry, I meant to say Canadians, Drew. Thank you for correcting me. I've had a couple uh, fireball shots in me here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like it, this was just all types of ugly tonight, Dave, for the Jets. This just was not acceptable. Uh, I thought aside from the Lowry-Baron-Kuhlman line, uh, you know, most lines just didn't seem connected. They didn't have a lot going on. I thought Nick Ehlers was by far – the Jets' best forward. He had he had multiple scoring chances. Didn't get everything on that uh, three on one, but yeah, this was. There's no other word to put it, but just disappointing. There is. I will say that, you know, if you're if you're looking at this Jets club and you're thinking to yourself, first of all, 
way too much passing. <laughs> way too much. Now, first of all, the, the, let's let's be realistic. What's the narrative going to be? The narrative is going to be, well, you know, after a long road trip, you come back, the first game back, it's always hard. So that's going to be the narrative that's going to be sold, I imagine, because it was already asked in the media availability this morning. How do you, you know, that they always say this, blah, blah, blah. So that's going to be one thing. Number two, uh, the Jets may want to get their eyes checked because they missed the net so much. It's not for believing how many times they missed the net. It really is. It's no, so they missed the net. They overpass. Like today was ridiculous. It was actually criminal how many opportunities they had. Three on ones. They're giving up shots. Like let take a shot. Let the guy be a guy for a rebound. Did you say take and, a shot? I, I did. I did. I did. You have to and drive so, home. Yeah. Like let's. Uh, I mean, I gave it. Okay. I'll, very I'll, small. I'll wait. I'll wait till the commercial break. Yeah, I was gonna say these are the very small. Just in case anybody's worried, these are very small shot glasses as he's using. They're not. They're not full cups. shots. Yeah, they're, they're teeny say, they're, tiny they're, ones. Yeah, they're little little guys. Okay. Yeah. So, the jet, the, the, but unlike Ezzy, who who takes a shot and doesn't miss his uh, his his net, yeah. these guys, I mean, they that's what I was net. going for. The shots, right? The Sabers had go. a lot. The Jets didn't have enough. That was my I, well, symbolism I mean, look, there, guys. The Jets didn't take a shot for sixteen uh, on net for sixteen minutes between the. Fifth, five minute mark or something about thereabouts to sometime in the third. Yeah. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good effort. And I said this at one point in the game, the Jets looked, I said, I'm not sure if it's the Sabres looking like they're skating with Nitro or if the Jets look like they're skating in quicksand. Either way, the disparity doesn't look good for the home team. And it didn't look good. And Connor Hellebuck was excellent and he had to be. And the rest of the Jets didn't look good. They really didn't. They. I'm sorry, like, you know what? You can say, okay, Nikolai Ehlers had some chances. And the crazy part is if the three-on-one works in the Jets' favor and they score on that one early with Lowry, Kuhlman, and Ehlers, I think, that could have changed the, the, the nature of the game. If um, the Shifley is able to put Ehlers uh, two-on-one home, changes the nature of the game. But that's, again, speaking of nature of the game, that's what happens when you miss your opportunities. And the Sabres didn't. And the Sabres capitalized. And the Sabres were the better of the two teams. And you're right, Ezzy. That fl- that score flattered Winnipeg. And, and you're right, Drew, also. If you looked at that, you're like, if you read the box score, if you didn't watch the game, if you didn't listen to this post-game show, like, oh, 3-2. Probably a relatively even game. That wasn't a relatively even game. No, I feel like it, the Sabres boys had, pardon me, the Jets had no response for the Sabres' speed. And they had no response for the, the, the Sabres' defenseman jumping up into the play, holding onto the puck you know, creating offense, like there, there just wasn't uh, enough of the, like they just didn't have the puck enough quite simply. Right. Like it was just, there were parts of this game. Like you mentioned it, the Jets went 14 or 15 minutes without a shot on net at home. Like that's just not going to cut it. To me, the word, if you wanted to describe the Jets game tonight, the word that came to my mind as I was watching it was arrogant. The Jets had a lot of arrogance in their game. You know, when you're playing against an opponent, you know, it does. You don't get marks. You don't get bonus points for the goal being pretty. It still just counts as one goal if it goes if it goes behind the goalie and it goes into the net. So, to your point, Dave, about the overpassing, somebody on the Jets roster, one of their players, needs to take the bull by the horns and say, and and not just say it, but but demonstrate it. We need to shoot. We know this goalie. We know Eric Comrie. We know his strengths. We know his weaknesses. Eric Comrie is a friend of this program, but we all know what he is as a goalie. It's great to see him succeed, but there's often rebounds available off of Eric Comrie. That's just the reality of what we've seen over the years. We know that. It's not necessarily... And how many second chances did we see tonight, Drew? Like, none. Do you know how many high-danger chances the Jets had at 5-on-5 in the third period? I think it was in in the third period they had at five on five they had none, Ezzy. Yeah, it's what Ezzy's showing you. Yeah, they had none. I mean, look, which is goes a bit to my point. Look, you know what Eric Comrie is. You need to start getting pucks on net and crashing bodies in front. That when when things aren't going well artistically. And they often don't go well artistically because you know hockey doesn't you know doesn't frequently lead itself to artistic goals the vast majority of goals are hacking and whacking and bodies in front and the cliche that goes with that but when you're arrogant about your game and you're arrogant about your opponent and you think that the only way to score 
or that your goals have to be uh, have to be of a pretty variety, then you don't get the opportunities. Put a puck on net. Get a guy in front. Well, to your point, Drew, when the Jets were having their most success this year, what were the goals that we were seeing on a nightly basis? It was point shots being tipped. Yes. Pionk, Morrissey, and then you had whether it was, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois or or Blake Wheeler or Mark Scheifele, whoever, tipping pucks in the slot. You're right. And and the Jets are – like the Jets are definitely a skilled team and they are fun to watch. Like everybody loves to watch guys like Nick Ehlers and Kyle Connor skate, right? Right. But you're right. This game was the type of game in which you needed to grind it out. Like it was scoreless for a big chunk of this game. And, you know, the Jets just weren't generated. Not only were they not generated enough offense, they they weren't even coming close to getting scoring chances, right? Especially because you you watch that game and you can see that they're fighting the puck. You can see that, the you know, it's it's not crisp. And so when it's not crisp, you know, then, then you need to simplify things. And simplifying things is shooting and bodies in front because that's the that's the simplest distillation of this game. It's just throw a puck towards the opposing the opposing goalie, get it through as best you can so it's not blocked up by the blue line, and hope that you can get a rebound or that it bounces off of three legs and two sticks and, and a shin pad and, and and somehow beats the goalie. That's the simplest way. When you're not feeling it, when the when the beautiful part of the game isn't working for you, but too often over the last couple of weeks, I would say, the Jets have been trying to be too too beautiful and too pretty. And Ezzy, as somebody who knows what it's like being too beautiful and too pretty, you know, it, it, you know, you you just you see it happening, and you say to them. Did you mean to, to say be... Dave there, by the way, Drew? No, I meant you. I mean oh, you okay. with your slick back hair and the beard looks nicely trimmed. You're just looking, you're looking handsome, is what I was saying, is what I was going for there. So, Drew, can you actually text that what you just said to Naomi now? Because I'm a little bit in the doghouse right now. So I don't need to hear that, but I think Naomi needs to be reminded well, of that. I just assumed you were in the doghouse always, so I was trying to boost you up. I was trying to give you, you like know, literally, you know, I've been sleeping in the doghouse. Uh, and we don't even cool. have a dog. Yeah, I know. It's weird that she bought a doghouse uh, without without you guys having a dog. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, the, it, it's been too many games recently where you see this kind of, uh, this kind of uh, arrogance is how I described it. They, they need to go back to simplifying the game because that is where they've been at their most successful. And yes, they've had difficulty against teams that come at them with speed because the Buffalo Sabres are a team that comes at you with speed and the Jets had no answer for it. But then you just got to figure out a way to, to simplify it because matching them speed for speed was not going to work tonight. One, because Buffalo was the faster of the two teams. And two, they were just playing better than the Jets were. So when you're not playing well, simplify things. Don't make it more complicated, which is what the Jets were trying to do, Dave, on a number of their odd man rushes where, you know, they, the Jets, how many times did they take a two-on-one or a partial two-on-one and turn it into a curlback play that went for absolute knocks? I mean, it just was well, infuriating to watch. And I'm probably going to mention the one you're talking about is because that's the one that fans reacted to and were booing inside the building was the Shifley one where he turned and looked and made a pass. Colper Fetty did it as well. I mean, it was just, it was too often that guys were taking what could be opportunities and instead turning them into absolutely nothing. And worse, not only were they not turning them into opportunities, boys, but they were turning them into rushes the other way for Buffalo because Buffalo was capitalizing on the Jets not having their legs. So if you know that you don't have your legs, again, what is your objective? Fire it on net, get it on net, hope you can get a rebound, score a gross, greasy goal, and ultimately, you know, maybe get back into this game. But the Jets didn't, and they kept looking for those perfect, like, highlight reel goals. And I'm like, folks, you're on the Jets. Nobody from TSN cares about you anyways. So you don't have to worry about being on the highlight reels. They're, they're going to show the Leafs, I think. I think one of the least farted recently, so they're they're very excited to show that over and over and Carter's over. Carter's goal yesterday was one of the nicest goals I think I've ever seen, but but yeah, I mean I think we all know that they get all the coverage and and Dave and Drew talking about simplifying the game and everything like that doesn't mean we're not saying the, the Jets need to dummy their game down. They need to get back to the fundamentals. Right. Like it's we're not saying that you know the Jets need to you know not display skill. That's not at all what we're saying, but we're well, saying. When you're in a game in which you're getting badly outplayed and you're just not possessing the puck enough, uh, you know you have to get back to 
you know, just generating offense essentially any way you can, right, Drew? And that's what you're saying. Like, put it on net. Try to get a rebound. Crash the net. Like, do something. Like, Eric Comrie had the easiest two periods, and this is all due respect because, you know, it looked like Comrie was going to have a shutout up until, you know, four or five minutes left. So good for him. And you're right. We've had him on the show. And anybody, you know, who has followed the Jets slash Moose organizations over the years knows that there's nobody better uh, in terms of a person than Eric Comrie. So good for him, right? Because he's had some injuries this year, right? Or one injury. Yeah. So good for him to come back into Winnipeg and, and get that win. I think, you know, most Jets fans, you know, earlier this morning, were hoping Comrie was going to get the start over UPL, right? Who's obviously their their number one goaltender. Uh, and then Craig Anderson's also in the mix. They, they've got the rare, you know, three-headed monster going, but there just wasn't enough sustained pressure. And I thought that the Jets were way too loose. I mentioned it, right? Like it's, you know, it's Captain Obvious here, but you know, the Sabres were just able to enter the zone too too easily. And, you know, the Jets were just giving too much time and space. And, you know, the Sabres were cycling the puck and, and making it look easy out there. And, and we have to give, like, you know, take the game breakdown aside here. We'll get into the goals, Dave. But, you know, I we just, you know, covered the Jets-Sabres a couple weeks ago. The Jets won that game, but the Sabres yeah. looked really good. Like, yeah. you know, they they deserve a lot of respect. Like, they're what one or two points out of that wild card spot with, right with, now. With well, they had three games in hand, so they're one point back of Washington. Although I don't know Washington, I don't. Oh, Washington might have been playing. Yeah, the Washington played Pittsburgh tonight, and I think it went to overtime. So but I'm regardless, not sure. Dave. Right, like they're at most three points back, so they're right in the thick of of the playoff race, right? And you've got the Islanders in there, and you know you've, you've got Pittsburgh in there. But I think a lot of people are hoping that they make the playoffs for the first time since 2011. So we can't take anything like even though the Jets played really bad. And I think yeah, Buffalo came that, in. They Buffalo came in having won four straight. Yeah, yeah, they'd had they'd won four straight, and they're tied with Boston, or they were tied with Boston for you know the the best goals for per game, right? Yeah. So look at this is this team is you know not to be taken lightly by anybody, right? Like we talked about it, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck. That's an amazing line. Um, but you've got a lot of good players, and you look and they're you set didn't even up. mention Victor Olofsson. He's got twenty. Victor Olofsson, right? Like Tyson Jose, I thought was good. Casey Middlestad, JJ Paterka is a guy that Marty Baron has talked about for the last two yeah. or three years when he was playing with Rochester. Paterka, I made sure to write it down here. Right after Owen Power made it one nothing, uh, Paterka, if you guys remember, had that nice cross pass to Jack Quinn, and Connor Hellebuck yeah. made the nice glove or, or pad save. Um, so look at this team is deep. And, you know, regardless if they get in or not, this team is heading in the right direction. I think it would be so much fun to see, like, Buffalo versus Boston, for example, in, in the first round. They, they might get swept, but I think it would just be – the, the Sab Sabres fan base deserves a playoff spot. Let's just put it that way. And just so, to quickly update, as he started, just quickly, Washington won today, so they didn't gain any ground on the Capitals. But, again, they have three games in hand. Yeah, look, and five the, Buff wins. the Buffalo's playing good hockey. And, and, and so the Jets knew that because remember, it wasn't that long ago. It was only a week ago, 10 days ago that the Jets went into Buffalo. I guess it would have been, was it, la no, it wasn't last Thursday. It was, or was it Tuesday. last Thursday? I can't, yeah, I guess it was, when did they no, play No, because they played no. Friday, they played Friday, Saturday. They played Buffalo on the Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday, it was no. Wednesday night. They yeah. I thought they played Buffalo on the Thursday, then they went to Pittsburgh on the Friday. They did. Yeah, Drew's right. Drew's right. Yeah, Thursday, it was Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it was yeah. Thursday. They Friday. beat Buffalo and then they beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right. Okay, thank you. And then they came home for that one game against oh Arizona. against Arizona against yeah, Arizona. Right. So it would have been two weeks yeah. ago today. Yeah, time time flies. But I mean, so the Jets know that Buffalo is a good hockey team. They shouldn't have come as a surprise. It's just that you know the Jets were. It's like they they had blinders on in the course of tonight's game as to how they think that they needed to play, and it was the complete opposite way of how they should have been approaching this game, especially when it became obvious that uh, that the there was no artistic value to their game tonight. This was going to be a grinder, and they just didn't do what was necessary to grind it out. And yeah, they come back late in the game to try and uh, you know to try and you know squeak out a point. But that was completely undeserving, and it was, and it just flattered the Jets more than anything. It's just a really disappointing effort in what has been a last couple of weeks, where by and large the efforts for the Winnipeg Jets haven't been great. The Jets and, have lost four of their last six, Drew. Like yeah, you know, saying. the Jets are in no danger of, of falling out of a playoff spot, but they're not Colorado's playing well. Going and, to be right behind them, right? And they've got Philly coming up Saturday, and Philly's yeah. obviously not a, a powerhouse, but you know, we just had a comment up there. Um, Chicago's beating Calgary. I can only imagine what Daryl Sutter is going to be like uh, after the game. Hopefully he doesn't go after <laughs> Jacob Pelletier. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you know, 
regardless of, you know, where the Jets are in the standings, they're still comfortably in second in the Central Division, right, boys? But, I mean, you can't like the way that they've played, whether you're a player, whether you're the coach, whether you're a fan right now. This clear this team right now is struggling to score goals, and they just don't look like the same team that they did, you know, three or four weeks ago. I think so. You've got to figure this out. Like I, I realize that you know it's been tough. It's been a grind. Eight games out of nine on the road, everything like that. And you just want, as Drew mentioned on Tuesday night, like you just want to get into this eleven or twelve day break healthy. But you got to also win some games. You don't want to, you know, go into the into the break having lost four games in a row or anything like that. So, I mean, I, I expect a, a better effort on Saturday, but also I expected a much better effort, you know, tonight, Thursday night. They haven't been at home in a while, coming off of your longest road road trip, Dave. So, yeah, tonight was just again, it was all types of ugly. Just the the effort wasn't there, and they just didn't generate enough offense. Simple as that. And and just to quickly uh, kind of finish off that thought, as I just want to say, like you know, again, it, it's one of the advantages of being in the building is that you get to watch the entirety of the ice and not necessarily just what the camera's showing you. And I would imagine, I'm sure the camera may have showed it during the broadcast, but if they didn't, uh, one person who was not pleased with the Jets' effort was head coach Rick Bonus. Oh yeah, and he was. was he was like gesturing, and his arms were up in the air, and he was he was not a happy camper, as they say. Uh, with his team and you could see it and he it's interesting to watch him on the bench and sometimes you I watch him while the play is going on and you can see him like he's still trying to to get the guys going and he's he's tapping the guys he's trying to get everybody animated and in, in, into the in the fight but at the same time you can just watch him when when guys are making plays there was a play that Pierre-Luc Dubois made in the first period where he had possession no pressure mm-hmm. and he did a no look back behind the back pass along the blue line to nobody and the Sabres went on the attack had possession for 30 seconds in the jet zone could have been a goal like the, Connor Alibuck had to make a nice save but that was like that summed up the game to me for the Jets was that they just didn't they you know again to use your word that you were using earlier Drew they weren't crisp yeah, they were not crisp. That's exactly what they were not. And, and Buffalo deservingly, uh, you know, gets full marks for their victory. Let's get into the actual game recap, the actual goals of this one. Uh, it's brought to you by Betway, uh, the title sponsor here of the Illegal Curve post-game show and one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Buffalo opens the scoring in the second period, but the Jets did have two power plays in the first period. And maybe those power plays were a sign, a harbinger of how the rest of this game was going to go because those power plays were certainly nothing. They had one combined shot, Drew, on those two that I counted. It was one shot. That's exactly what it was, Ezzy. One shot on two power plays uh, for a Winnipeg Jets team. That Notice that I didn't ended. do a shot of fireball there, by the way. I could appreciate that. That's that's good. I mean, uh, you know, you've already had enough, so you know, maybe we should uh, take the bottle away from you. So make it's sure right here. Stuff. No, no, no. I know. It's not going take, maybe take it away. You have from to you so pry it out of my dead hands, Drew. <laughs> Naomi might kill you if you come home if you come home smelling like fireballs. So she's up for that challenge. Let me tell you, Naomi's been in bed for two hours. She has no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, terrible first period by the or you know terrible first period by the Jets getting outshot fourteen to six. Two power play opportunities. Try to salvage the first period. One shot on goal in total. Just a bad, bad, bad start to the game. And then Buffalo opens the scoring, and you could feel this one building and building and building because the ice wasn't just tilted. The ice, I don't think the Jets had a, an offensive zone in which to skate into because that's how that's how one-sided it was at this point in time. The Jets couldn't do anything. They couldn't get out of their own zone. Wave after wave after wave of Sabres coming at them and Owen Power, who is going to be a dynamite hockey player, uh, well on his way to being that, gets his third of the year assist to Rasmus Dahlin and Tage Thompson at the 10:32 mark and it's just you know Connor Hellebuck has made a number of really nice saves but you just felt that this goal was going to come and it did come at this point in time as it yeah we mentioned it earlier like Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin like what uh Kevin Sawyer mentioned it on the broadcast like how often do you have two first overall picks on the back end right mm-hmm. and Dahlin and Power were doing their thing as you mentioned Drew all of the you know, the offensive zone pressure, everything like that. The Jets were hemmed in. And this is a great individual effort by Owen Power. You know, Car- Carson Kuhlman 
comes out to to play it and obviously like the reach and the size and then Josh Morrissey also comes out I, I initially thought I'm not sure if you guys or anybody watching I thought that Jeff Skinner might have tipped it because he was in front of the net to the right of, of Hellebuck but obviously he didn't tip it it was just a, a nicely played shot blocker side by Owen Power but yeah on this goal it was just you know great individual effort by Power you know Coolman just you know didn't have it uh, on the stick check I think you know, Dave, you got to get in front of him there a little bit. And then, you know, Morrissey came out and it was just, you know, too little, too late. He'd already, uh, you know, chosen to shot the shoot the puck there. So, yeah, just a really impressive goal by power. I think that's his third straight game that he's got a goal. And, you know, speaking of Rasmus Dahlin, you know, we were talking about this with Marty Buron, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, four weeks ago. I don't think Rasmus Dahlin is a future Norris Trophy candidate. He might be a Norris Trophy candidate this year. <laughs> like, honestly, he's second in the league in scoring. I think everybody would agree right now. I think Morrissey, Carlson, Rasmus Dahlin, Dave, would probably be your top three uh, Norris Trophy uh, finalists. But, yeah, that was just a beauty individual effort by Owen Power on that goal. Yeah, exactly what it was. And you could feel the Jets were just desperately trying to hang on and there was nothing for them to hang on to anymore. And the, as a result, Buffalo takes a one nothing lead. It doesn't take them long. It takes them less than four minutes to make it 2 nothing. And boy, oh boy, is this one you're going to see one on the highlight reel for a long, long time. Tage Thompson, his 34th. 34 goals in 48 games for Tage Thompson. I mean, I know he's having an incredible year, but you really don't, you know, that's sort of the problem. You don't get to really appreciate how good his year has been because Buffalo largely, you know, they play in the East largely. You see him twice a year and it's only been, it's been twice in these last two weeks. Uh, his 34th assist to Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner and, uh, there's just uh, a, an embarrassment of riches on the ice for the Sabres and an embarrassment of defensive play on the ice by the Winnipeg Jets. And the you could hear sweet Georgia Brown in the background, deservingly so, because the Sabres globetrotted all over the Jets to make it 2-0 here, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a highlight reel goal. I mean, that's it, like you said, Drew, it's, it was tic-tac-toe back of the net. Connor Hellebuck had no chance as he was trying to, uh, you know, prevent prevent the second shot, uh, the second person who received it, I should say, uh, from scoring. And and the Jets were standing around. I mean, the Jets mm-hmm. were in the Sabres zone. And what did the Sabres do? Quick transition and caught the Jets standing and watching. And, you know, they they, they get burnt on defense and everybody, like, you got to give the Sabres credit, right? Like, sometimes you want to, people want to, you know, pillory the Jets for their mistakes and mistakes were made. There's no question about it on this goal, as he. But at the same time, you have to credit the very talented uh, connection by a, by a Sabres club that you could see. Like, they had it all second period. Yeah. It wasn't as if the Sabres were – that was just came out of nowhere. The Sabres had been doing that all period long. The difference was that Connor Hellebuck was making the saves. He kept making all the stops. So the reality is, you Good know, sometimes you reference. just – thank you. But you sometimes have to take your hat off. I won't do that right now. But you do to – respect what a, a, a team can do. And as he's outlined how good that line has been, and, and I'm sorry, like that goal is world-class and you, you know, again, it was, it was, it was kind of one of those, all right, that's, I'm not saying it's the end, but it didn't look very good for a Jets team. Like I said, who didn't have any shots throughout yeah. that course of that second period. And I, I wrote this down here again, because I, I, while I was watching the game, I stopped it. I actually had an opportunity you know, to actually watch the entire game tonight live because those six o'clock starts, I ain't watching the entire game. I'm, uh, you know, doing the daddy thing, as you know, Drew. But uh, on this particular goal, okay, Morgan Barron, he gets the puck back to Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon, I don't know what happened there, but he, he <laughs> gives pretty. the puck away. Um, I forget who he gave it away to. It might have been, obviously, I didn't write it down uh, well enough there, boys, but he, <laughs> he gives, the, gives the puck away. I, I believe it was Alex Tuck. I'm going to go with Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck passes the puck up to Jeff Skinner. And I have a, you know, I'm watching the replay as I describe it. Hopefully I do a good job for everybody here. But what happened to me, Dave, it looked like, not to me, what it looked like to me is what I should say is that you had Neil Pionk goes and takes Jeff Skinner, right? So Neil Pionk goes to take Jeff Skinner. He does his job there. Then you, the two other players you had back is Brendan Dillon, who we talked about it. There was a turnover uh, at the Sabres blue line. And then you had... Carson Kuhlman coming back because it was the Lowry Baron Kuhlman line that was on the ice. Right. So what, what happened on this one? Cause it was three on three. What it looked like to me was Jeff Skinner goes to pass the puck to Alex Tuck. Dylan bats at it. And Carson Kuhlman is also watching what's happening here. And then what ends up happening is nobody picks up Tage Thompson. 
So Alex Tuck makes a nice pass to, to Tage Thompson, but Brendan Dillon and Carson Coleman were so focused on the pass going to uh, Alex Tuck, right? So to me, that was just, it was a three-on-three situation that the Jets just didn't play well. Look, it was both a beautiful goal and horrendous defense. They're not mutually exclusive. They can both work hand-in-hand hand with each other. And nothing about this is, is the Jets are going to like when they do the video the video review, when they, when, they, when they review this. I mean, there's, and there was tons of plays like this where the Jets just were not where they needed to be, not focused, didn't have, as people in the chat have been wanting me to say, didn't have the attention to detail necessary to succeed. And this was another one of those instances. This is an ugly, ugly play by the Winnipeg Jets all around. Uh, you know, you wonder if there's going to be some changes to the lineup uh, ahead of Saturday's game against Philadelphia. I would expect some because the last couple games have been pretty lousy. I'm really, I mean. But I don't think you're going to, like Mason Appleton's still not ready no, to no, go. No. Like if anything, you're going to have maybe a new a guy come in on the fourth line. I and think then you're Sam Gagne back in. back in. And like, I put Samberg are, back in. But the thing is, to me, that's not, those aren't major moves. Those no, are just but, minor moves. Yes. I mean, look, there's not going to be an opportunity between now and, and Saturday for major moves because there's not anybody who's ready to step in at that point in time. Mason Appleton, I don't expect to be back no. before the All-Star. Rick Bonus said would be. he's not coming back right. just before the break. Right, because there's no reason to rush him back. But, I mean, Logan, I mean, I never really understood why Logan Stanley is in the lineup over Dylan Sandberg to begin with. You'd know that if someone asked the question. Well, I mean, I it's know it's a fair that, question, but it's also to me like a moot point in the sense that like that had no impact on the game. Like Logan, it, no. Logan Stanley being in the lineup had no impact. Like where the the rest of the team, yeah, was Look, disappointing. You, everybody on the Jets was bad tonight. I'm not right. I'm not singling out Logan Stanley, but I'm still curious. You know what the what what the what the thinking is of getting him back in the game and, and why you know why he needs to be in the lineup. What has he done over the course of the year? That makes well, he hasn't him a better, much. So that it's makes him a better on, option based than, on that. than Dylan Sandberg. Well, so hell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's asking that question. Alex Carrier, who uh, now is out four to six weeks after that fight in Nashville the other night. The fight with Logan Stanley. Yeah, he's out for four to six weeks. Oh, now. I missed that. I missed Why that. would anyone want to fight Logan Stanley? I wouldn't, but at least in that sense, he's doing something. But I mean, in any event, two nothing for the Jets after forty minutes. Two nothing uh, against the Jets. Pardon me. You said for the Jets. Oh, sorry. Two nothing for the Sabres against the Jets. Yes. After 40 minutes. And you're wondering if the Jets are going to push before this one, before we get to the power play goal, because this was a bizarre situation. So Nate Schmidt goes for the hit on, on Dylan Cousins. Yeah, and he misses. Or, or according according to the collective, my our friends uh, who were sitting beside me, I had already left. Blake Wheeler. <laughs> yes, yes, but you know, mistakes. I was like, made. I was like, yeah. I was like, eighty eight and twenty six. You don't need to. Uh, mistakes get made, Dave. They get made. It's not a big deal. We never make mistakes, Drew. Uh, we do frequently. In fact, I think that's part of our. Uh, it's part of our uh, code of conduct is make mistakes here on a legal curve. I'm joking, anyways. Obviously. If you don't make joking. mistakes, how are you going to learn? Well, wow. So, in this case, it's bizarre though, because nature. The more you know, know, Dave. He he goes for the hit on Dylan Cousins. He misses. Then he sort of swings his arm around and he cut catches Cousins. That was inadvertent, though. It was a complete course. accident. I know that, but you know they didn't issue a penalty. How was that rough? No, I know. And then what about that was roughing, Drew? Well, but you know they called it roughing, but you can't. Who called it call, though? Nobody called it. They did after video review. No, 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 of a play. I know. I'm going with your point. I'm saying that I nobody know. actually called it on the ice until after the fact. Well, that, that's the part. Like, so I, I, I've been in contact with our friends at scouting the refs. Oh, that's who, why. That's why they tweeted at us saying we'll check that out. That's right. Because I said to them, I, I tweeted at them. I said, look, they, they, they used a video review here to determine if it's a major or not, but they didn't call a, a penalty yeah. initially. I honestly didn't even know that was allowed. It's not. It's not. It's in the. It's one hundred percent not allowed in the rules. You're allowed to if you call a penalty. You're allowed to review, to review it to see if it should be a major. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. You know, deter. You can't use video review to yeah. determine if something should be a minor penalty. Yeah, that you have was, to at I, least I, make the initial call initial as a minor call. penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So, I'm. Sh- I'm sure they're all going to get together and figure out that they were going to call. They were actually going to call the penalty. Yeah, look, ultimately, does this did it matter in the game? No. 
I mean, yes, Buffalo ends up getting the power play goal that's the game winning goal, but the Jets. I'm not yeah, aside from excuses. literally, it was the game winning goal. I guess. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not making excuse. I'm not saying that this is the difference between the Jets winning or losing tonight, but from the administration of the game standpoint, from the is there a rule book that you need to follow standpoint of this. I'm just I'm curious about it all. That's why I reached out to scouting the refs to say, hey, is this something that's allowed? Because based on my interpretation and my understanding, it's not allowed. So if we're just making up the rules as we go, and we're you know then then just tell us so, and I can live with that NHL. But I just found it to be so such a weird scenario that seemed to be in, you know, not permitted under the NHL rule book, which was written by 46 different lawyers. And so maybe, you know, if these rules exist, then, then they should be followed. Again, it's just one of those. You're things not wrong that, at all. Yeah. It's just one of those things that bothers me just from the, by the, you know, by the letter of the law should have it been a penalty yeah sure you can't swing your hand wildly and open hand slap a guy this isn't the stupid ufc slap league or whatever the hell that sure. end of the world nonsense yeah. is but Nate Schmidt would tell you you know he wasn't even looking at uh, no, no, who no. was it who was but it again that yeah it was still in cousins still cousins yeah. right from from uh, yukon yeah no i mean you're right drew like the point here is that that's not something uh, i saw dom zapia said that they initially called the major i don't i didn't know that they originally called called it a major but i didn't even know that even you know despite the fact that they might have called it a major that you could review that right we know what the nhl can review like high sticks uh goalie interference right offsides so yeah it was it was bizarre on on the goal itself i mean the the sabers we know we talked about it they're a good power play good offensive team rasmus dalling quarterbacking the power play puts it on net jeff skinner tips it and then it obviously gets it over um, to Victor Olofsson, who Dave has mentioned many times, such an underrated player. Speaking of Kyle Connor being underrated in Winnipeg, what about Victor Olofsson, 24 goals? He could hit 40 yeah. goals easily this year, right? So, and the game was essentially over. And then, you know, at least Nate Schmidt gets a little bit of justice in that he breaks the shutout and he gets the Jets on board. But yeah, Drew, I agree with you. It was really bizarre and confusing what was going on there in terms of a challenge because it's not something that we thought, as you mentioned, based on the rule book, that you could challenge. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to know. So I mean, it seems like the it, NHL it, it to explain it. And it would appear, based on what some of the folks in the chat, including Spencer, is up, it's that they might, they, again, well, I didn't see it. I didn't see call anybody. a major, I, though. I, I, I didn't see it, but I'm assuming that is what is being put out there. I agree with you. I didn't it's the only see thing anybody. That makes sense, Dave. Yeah, but they no, never I agree. Made a penalty call. You can't. You can't. You're, the only reason they reviewed it is because they happened to go to a TV timeout. It happened to be time for a TV timeout when mm. that happened. So they go to the TV timeout, and then they're all of a sudden reviewing to see if, if something that they never actually. I can't. Called... I, no, no. I, I look. I agree. I hundred percent agree with you. You can't. You can't retroactively decide. Oh, in fact, that was a penalty. So the only way that it makes sense is based on what. Dom and Spencer are saying that they did, someone did in fact call. Um, uh, and look, it's entirely possible that, again, the difference between being in the attendance at the games and watching on television is that it's entirely possible that they missed it on television. So, Drew, I mean, you need to be a little cautious in your, in your, no, in your anger all, because all of our colleagues that, that, that were in attendance and you just mm-hmm. happened to have left at that point in time, you were in attendance for the first 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I just want to make it clear. All of our colleagues said there was no call on the play. Okay. Like, there was no immediate call. You put. I didn't notice hand. anything. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying, like the. I agree. It makes it. It actually makes no sense right. to to go back in time and say, well, we're reviewing this for for a major, but we didn't call a major on the ice. So we didn't call a minor on the ice. Well, but I'm just saying, if if you're saying that's your justification to see, there was no call be. on the ice. Yeah. Period. Right. And if there, and if they hadn't gone. Uh, to a TV timeout, they never would have even looked at it. Well, Kenny's water bottle saying he was at the game and he didn't see a ref signal a penalty. So, and don't again, I'm on board with the exact same thing, but it doesn't make any sense how you call a penalty after the fact. That would be now. Let's hope scouting the refs get back to us before the show ends so we can get some insight. But uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I it makes no sense to be able to retroactively do something that you didn't call right. clearly in you know during the game. Exactly right. Anyways, utterly bizarre. Uh, I'm curious, you know, about the 
you know, the, the administration of the game that, that resulted in that, but three, nothing Buffalo at that point in time. And it's all over, but the crying, the jets make it close. You know, Nate Schmidt gets the power play goal at the 15, 14 mark, his fifth assist to Adam Lowry and Neil Pionk. And then four minutes later, four minutes and three seconds later, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, his 22nd of the year assist to Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Uh, that's with 43 seconds to go. And the Jets got, you know, another opportunity. The Mark Shifley shot that Comrie uh, was able to, uh, you know, get enough of to steer it away. And that was it. Uh, the Jets, you know, you only play the last five minutes of the third period. Uh, you're not likely to win. And the Jets did not win, losing 3-2 tonight at home to the Buffalo Sabres. A frustrated Winnipeg Jets team. And we'll read some of the comments that came out of the dressing room from both Nikolai Ehlers and head coach Rick Bonus when we come back. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. This was the Betway game recap. And, of course, we the Pierre-Luc Dubois goal is our Seagram shot of the game. As you feel free to take another shot of that delicious fireball. We know that it tastes like heaven and burns like hell, much like the Winnipeg Jets performance tonight. We when go. we come back, more of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. It's Thursday night live on YouTube Mm, and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. 
Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Apologies, folks. I was uh, tweeting back at our friends at Scouting the Refs. Uh, who provided a little bit of, of additional explanation on the play. Here's what they had to say. Uh, they tweeted at us uh, at a legal curve. You can also do that if you want as well. Why did you uh, po- you should you should post the comment so people can see it in the chat room. I guess I could copy and paste it. That's a fair point, Dave Emma. You know, you're asking, you know, look at you I mean trying to make me do all saying. this this work, but I can do that. Let's see if this is going to work. See if I can see if the, the yeah, I see the problems when we try and copy and paste into the chat. It doesn't uh, it doesn't really work very well necessarily, but I will try it again. How about this? How about you read the tweet out loud? Thank you. That's what I was doing. And then Manuk with his <laughs> with his lousy ideas. Let's comes go old in school here. group. Yeah. Uh, scouting the refs. This is appears to be the sequence of event. One, initially no call. Two, officials discuss and call the major without without a review without you know reviewing anything three once they call the major they are now able to review it four after the review they reduced it to a minor uh minor penalty then scouting the ref says this is why refs need to announce the call on the ice before any review along with the reason for the review and again and from my perspective Yes, of course. If and that's why we have scouting the refs. We haven't had uh, Josh on in a little while. I'm not sure if we've had him on uh, on since we've transitioned off of TSN 1290. But, you know, he, he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. He really does. And he provides great clarity and information. And you're right. If if the call isn't made on the ice, how does anybody know it was called? Well, I, I, and it's like again, if a tree falls in the forest, nobody's there. <laughs> like, what, like, what are we talking about here? I also don't believe... I know what the sequence appears to be, but I also don't believe for a second that they determined that it was a major, uh, and, and you know, and then went to the video. Review. It's like you said, Drew. It was like they were making this up as they went along. No question. Oh no, 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 no. We 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 meant to call it a major, that's or, right. or we, just we thought it was a major, so now yeah. we're going to review it. It's like that's not how it works. Exactly. We all forgot to call a penalty. We just, or, or we called it. We just didn't tell anybody uh, that that there was actually a penalty. We only went and discussed it ten minutes after during the TV timeout that we determined there was a penalty. It's just there, there, there's there's no proper administration of the game here. You, you know, you can say you blew the call guys. You don't have to then go change the rule book to allow for it. And again, I want to reiterate the jets didn't lose the game because of this play. The jets lost the game. Technically game winning goal is as you pointed out. Yes. Yes. Well, at the time yes. it looked like it was going to be about four or five, nothing Sabres. Right. <laughs> but the point is, you know, the jets really shouldn't have, have made this a one goal game. The Sabres right. could have easily had five or six if it wasn't for Hellebuck. That's right. It's just, you, there needs to be uh there needs to be an agreed upon there needs to be agreed upon rules for how the game can be administered and when you have refs you know who occasionally go rogue about it uh, or make calls you know minutes after uh you know uh, incidences occur then it do- it throws into question how the administration of the game is really being handled i'll, I'll go i know we want to move along here and get into the tough duck hardest hitting comment and get into the legal curve merchandise comment and everything like that and get back into breaking down the game right boys but i think almost drew like i don't watch baseball as much as some people you know you guys and and, and others but i it's almost like there's too much video replay now and it's starting to it's almost like the referees are relying on it too much to save them like again, like it's easy for us to sit here uh, and and say this type of stuff, but in this particular case, it's almost like okay, we don't really know what we should call, so let's review it, even though we never made a call, so we're not really reviewing or challenging anything that we called, right? So I, I think there's too much video review. Like there should be video review on you know whether the puck crossed the line offside. I get it. Like you got to have that because 
human error is it's so hard to sometimes right when when it's an inch or half of an inch right boys mm-hmm. but like to me like th- there needs to be less video review in in my opinion in hockey I agree wholeheartedly as the rats why the refs have no confidence in making a call because they're always constantly thinking that they're going to get second guessed or that they can review it and that they can rule about it differently. Uh, you know, in this case, they just didn't make a call and then they made one up after the fact. I don't care what they're telling me it is. You know, if somebody tells me the sky is, is pink, I'm smart enough to look to make sure that it's that it's blue and not and not pink or whatever, you know, tortured analogy you want to use here. Uh, let's go to some post game comments from the Winnipeg Jets uh, dressing room. Uh, I believe the first one I have here is courtesy of Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, this uh, from our buddy Mike McIntyre, his Twitter feed. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers after tonight's game, quote, we've got 25 guys in this room who are not okay with our performance tonight. Uh, that's from the Winnipeg Jets forward, so that's good to hear because they certainly should be shouldn't be satisfied with the performance tonight. Uh, Jets head coach Rick Bonus, uh, the worst thing you can do is what we did tonight. Just keep giving them the puck, and that is uh, certainly what uh, that is certainly what the Winnipeg Jets did. They uh, they handed the puck over and over and over again to the Buffalo Sabers until it bit them in the behind. Why were the Jets so lethargic? Because they certainly were lethargic in tonight's performance. More from Rick Bonus. quote, I'm going to talk to a few of the guys tomorrow. Get their feedback as to why. We had nothing going. I want them to explain to me what they are feeling. That is from Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus. Uh, as sounds well. Like, it sounds like Coach Bones is going to put his uh, sports psychologist hat on maybe. Well, whatever it needs to, whatever it needs to be, uh, something needs to happen because the Winnipeg Jets certainly have looked lethargic tonight. The Sabers, by the way, uh, that was three and four for them. So I mean, right. you can't use that as an excuse. The Sabers have been playing a lot of hockey. I mean, last time I checked, NHL teams go on road trips. Yeah, here's another one. Rick Bonus on the Nate Schmidt penalty. What we've been talking about. Quote. They called a five-minute elbow, and then they reviewed it so they could reduce it. But they had to call a major so that they could look at it and see exactly what happened, which is it's exactly what we just talked about. They just made it up then. It's, yeah, they just it's entirely ass backwards. You can't make a, a call after you didn't make a call. It's pretty much it's pretty simple. <laughs> exactly. what are we, again, this is so so bizarre because the only thing they had. The only opportunity, the reason they had an opportunity to make that call minutes later is because of the TV timeouts. It's complete. It's just not the way that uh, a league has to run. You either blow the call or you make the call. And if you blow the call, so be it. But you can't then go retroactively and try and fix a call because maybe we're just going to make it up as we go uh, and, and try and create things that may or may not be correct and then use tools that are at our disposal, but they're not really supposed to be at our disposal, except this time we're going to have them at our disposal. Makes sense. I like the consistency. Good thing people gamble on these games. Uh, that's the comments from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room after tonight's uh, tonight's loss, a 3-2 defeat uh, of the Buffalo, by the Buffalo Sabres of the Winnipeg Jets. Tough Duck, hardest hitting comment, Ezzy. Who do you have for tonight? Yeah, we're going to give it to Trish Jordan. Like the comment, uh, I sent it to you there, Drew, in the chat from about 20 minutes ago. Worst performance of the year. I don't know if I if it's the worst performance of the year because that game against the Blue Jackets in early December, that was the only game this year that I was in the stands watching. And Patty yeah. Liney, you remember, <laughs> had two goals in that game. That might be the worst performance of the year by the Jets. But this is up there. I'll give you this, Trish. It's top three probably worst performances of the year. I think the game on the road a couple of weeks ago against Detroit was was not very good either from the defensive point of view. But continue reading the, the comment here. Very disappointing. They didn't do one thing right. I was there and had to watch it. Embarrassing. I think on in a game like this, even though like we said earlier, you know, you'd look at the score and you would say, okay, you know, this game wasn't that bad. It was pretty close. Actually, no, it wasn't bad. Uh, it easily could have been, you know, much worse than it was uh, earlier uh, before the Jets made the comeback. Could have been four nothing or five nothing if not for Hellbuck. So Trish, love the comment. Send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com, or slide into my DMs and just send me uh, your bailing address, and then Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. And as I keep mentioning, that cold, that bitter cold, is is coming very soon if it isn't already here. Uh, and Tough Tough Duck was a little bit behind, and they sent a bunch of Tough Duck toques out. Uh, 
a few days ago. So uh, our winners over the last week or so should be getting their tough duck too soon. Uh, fantastic. Good. Congratulations to Trish Jordan, winner of tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment. Uh, quick uh, out of town scoreboard update. Uh, I, I don't know if the Arizona Coyotes are trying, uh, or sorry, the St. Louis Blues are trying to get um, uh, their head coach fired. If they're trying to get Craig Peruby fired, but losing five nothing to Arizona is certainly a good way to go about doing it. Uh, the St. Louis Blues have been struggling all year long. We know that they lose five nothing in Arizona. St. Louis is going to be in Winnipeg on Tuesday, the final game to wrap it up before the All Star break. That'll about do it, Drew, for their uh, playoff hopes. Their slim playoff hopes. I think losing to the Coyotes five nothing that'll that'll do it. Yeah, this year, I think if you lose to the Coyotes 5-0 this year, you just have to fold for the rest of the year. The franchise just has to go away. And speaking of franchises that need to go away, the Calgary Flames on home ice lose to the Chicago Blackhawks 5-1 to on home ice. Wow. That is... I'm not sure which performance is more embarrassing. I would say the Flames performance Flames. Is, is more embarrassing than the, than the Blues performance. But that could be, you know, that, that's a toss-up right there. I guess at least Arizona was, you know, in their home arena, even though if that arena is smaller than the River Heights Community Center. But, uh, you know, they lose, you know, the Flames losing 5-1 at home to the Blackhawks. And was that not the second half of a back-to-back for, for no, that was two, they played in Vancouver two nights ago. Sorry, it wasn't the back-to-back. But that is a pretty piss-poor performance by Daryl Sutter and the Calgary Flames as that well. That was only Chicago's seventh win. Of, of the year on the road. Seventh win. Yeah. So I'm all season. Sure we're, we're 50 games into the season. They've only won seven games on the road. So, yes, I would say the Calgary one is more embarrassing. Well, to round up the triumvirate of embarrassing, the Colorado Avalanche are 49 seconds away from losing 5-3 on home <laughs> ice to the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks just scored uh, into an empty net. I'm not putting it, I'm not saying it's impossible for Colorado to come back down by two goals with 44 seconds to go. This is Anaheim they're playing after all, but that's another embarrassing loss uh, on home ice for the Avalanche. They had won six in a row though, so it's a little bit easier to stomach, Drew, because the the Flames are not playing very well right now. So, right. But you're right. I mean, who had, if like speaking of uh, Betway, right? Yeah. Like if you put some money down on the Ducks, you could have won some, some nice money. You could have won. Imagine if you had a Ducks, Blackhawks, Blues parlor, Ducks, Blackhawks, Coyotes parlay tonight. Uh, I think you probably would have actually you just win about a million bucks on by default there, no matter what uh, your wager was. So our friends at Betway can tell us what that money line parlay would have paid because those are three significant upsets uh, in tonight's action in the on the out of town scoreboard. Dave, the illegal curve merchandise contest. We're getting close to the end of the month, folks, and you know what happens at the end of the month. Month. Prior to Tuesday's game against St. Louis, we're going to draw a name, and whoever's name we draw is going to win two tickets to an NHL game of their choosing. So what you folks need to do before the end of the month is keep entering the Illegal Curve uh, merchandise contest. The more uh, activities you complete, the more entries you have, the more chances you have to win and get your name drawn and win fantastic, authentic Winnipeg Jets gear like who did tonight, Dave? Um, put the <laughs> name up. There you go. I thought I was teeing you up there. It's Matthew Bergen. You want to take it from here or you want me to keep going? Way to go, Matt. Well, I'm not really, Matt Bergen is the winner. Well, I will give Matt Bergen a good shout out. Tell us Matt, about Matthew Bergen. What's his horoscope? Well, sign? I can tell I can tell you that Matthew Bergen did correctly guess the last um contest unique code word. Now he didn't win for that one. He actually won for Philly Dan, who I communicated with actually yesterday as he we give bonus him. points for guessing the word, right? We don't. I wish I could. That'd be amazing. Although uh, you Why know, can't we? Well, because it's not possible as part of the contest thing. You're the contest I, master, Dave. Make it happen. I, I am, but I didn't. I didn't create the software that controls He's not the, the contest. programmer of the software. Though, yes. So I will say though that uh, no. So congrats. I'm glad that I can write won. a little code, Dave. I'll, I'll he, make it happen. Okay, you you got to do what you got to do. But congrats to him because uh, he was proud of himself for picking up the. Oh no, he got Dunkin' Donuts. That's what he got. He won. Sorry, his winning this one, the the, the contest tonight was for Philly Dan. But he he successfully guessed the Dunkin' Donuts. 
because he pays attention to the show. So happy that uh, Matthew Bergen is the winner of tonight's Illegal Curve Authentic Jets merch contest. Congratulations to him because uh, that's a good win for him. And uh, yeah, and like I said, I was saying, as he just uh, gave uh, Philly Dan a, a little shout out, I sent him a, a screenshot of uh, to him saying that uh, we used we used him in our contest, and he was he was rather pleased by that. So Philly Dan for the win. This time it's actually Matthew Bergen for the win. Congratulations to Matthew Bergen, winner of the merchandise contest. Your unique code word for tonight's game. You have from now until uh, sometime on Saturday to enter this in before the Jets and the Flyers game. Tonight's code word was Eric Comrie is back. And I That's picked all. that before he. I knew he was going to get the win. There you go. It's it was Love that ahead, one. It was done ahead of the game. All one word, Eric Comrie is back, is your unique code word for today's Illegal Curve merchandise contest. Enter that into the contest page, and you get 10 bonus entries on top of all the other entries you can earn uh, by doing all the different tasks we have listed there, such as commenting, following, uh, retweeting, whatever else Dave M has put up there as uh, possible for us to use, be sure to go ahead and do that and enter in your unique code word for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. It'll be a doubleheader of action on Saturday, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. on Saturday. The three of us will be joined by Ken Weeb and our buddy Anthony Sanfilippo, who's going to join us to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers, the Flyers in town on Friday, pardon me, on Saturday, to face the Jets. They lost in overtime to the Minnesota Wild tonight. So the Flyers, with that return engagement here on Saturday night. we got to talk about all-star Kevin Hayes, Drew. Is Kevin Hayes on the on the all-star team? He sure is. I miss Let me tell you, you know who's an all-star? Every media guy who has to deal with John Tortorella. I said to Ezzy, we talked about this, but after the Jets-Flyers game, I watched yeah. ta- John Tortorella's 30 seconds. Uh, post-game media availability, yeah. and honestly, just painful. And it was funny, because as said, like, is, wasn't he supposed to be reformed? This guy ain't reformed, like, honestly. That like, was the whole thing in Columbus, right? Like, this is a lighter, because Vancouver was an obvious debacle. Everybody remembers... The John Tortorella in Vancouver probably forgets the John Tortorella era in Vancouver, but that mm-hmm. was the whole thing in Columbus, right? Like this is a new, softer John Tortorella, and we know how that ended with Pierre Luc Dubois and everything like that, right? So, uh, yeah, torts. I mean, torts is torts, and I, I, and the thing is, I love every minute of it because I love those big personalities in the game, and that's that's the reason why I don't have any problem with what Daryl Sutter did because I thought he was just. I, I think people took it the wrong way, and I don't. I, I Anyways, I, I, I like when I, I like Anyways. when coaches don't just come out there and give you cliche answers. I like well, his, it when they have a little bit of, you know, uh, I just like he, how they have a little fire in their belly. Yeah. I mean, look, he he fits it. He fits in with Philadelphia, right? Because you know, there the media there is known as being a little cantankerous and usually with each other. But the reality is that uh, you know he, his his response was, "Ask me a question. You already know the answer to that question. Ask me a question. What about this guy? He's fine." Ask me a question you don't know the answer to. Like, it was like every guy, challenge, challenge, challenge. I was like, okay, this guy's a fun guy. Well, he'll be in town on Saturday night, so we'll see. About, well, I'm sure. Uh, he, I'm sure he's already got a a, a night, a, a ten minutes reserved for Desi to. Renew I wasn't their, planning uh, on going, but there's part of me that just wants to go down there and just you know, I almost just want to go down there and give him a hug after the game. <laughs> and as he was okay, never towards, allowed towards, it's gonna be again. okay everything's gonna be okay towards and that is the day that as he got absolutely pummeled by an entire hockey team i think that ends it for tonight we want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors they make the post game show they make the saturday show they make the website a possibility our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club kevin farley has been in town all week all the weekend shows have been are sold out. Tonight was sold out. Yesterday was sold out. Next week, coming up at Rumors, Kyle Bottom is going to be in town. Uh, Linden Market Dental Center, that's our uh, good friend, Dr. Les Rikus. Frank and Mauro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. Betway, Tough Duck. Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Roy's Trans for Grid Park and the Keg. And I noticed that our good friend Frosty Winnipeg has added pitchforks and torches to the list of sponsors. We appreciate that, the long-term support. Wasn't that the name of a New Jersey Devils like SB Nation blog? Pitchforks and torches? Something like that. Pitchforks and something. I'd have to look it up. But... Yeah, you're right, As I think it was. Yeah. It was, um, I can't remember. 
After Nightmare on Helm Street, they all kind of fell fell by the wayside. Well, that was the best of, that was the, that was the best of the of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was, as an aside, it. it's, it's called pucks and pitchforks. Pucks there and pitchforks. Go. As shout an aside, out, shout out to those guys. You know, really, you know, we didn't mention it when it happened last week, but we, we were uh, remiss in not doing so. You know, uh, you know, we will extend our sympathies to all the folks at Vox Media and the SB Nation sites that all got shut down with the layoffs yeah, uh, recently. And we know what's happening in the media business. And we see it's happened the, to us, right? So, yeah, it's happened to us. We see what the and a lot vulture, of our colleagues too. what the vultures and the vampires at uh, the head office of Post Media are doing, uh, you know, so, you know, support local where you can, folks. And, uh, you know, do what you can if you if you can to support some of our uh, uh, local institutions, especially print and everything else, because uh, they need our help. And it's because uh, the corporations that run them certainly they don't have a caring bone in their body. Uh, that's it for today. I'm off my soapbox. I'm going to go and find someone else to berate with my words in the meantime. Uh, Jet Lose 3 2. Big thanks to all of you for joining us here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere, and tell your friends that uh, uh, the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, and again on Saturday mornings, is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for watching. This has been the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.